Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another bonus episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive all year, every year. And thanks again for joining us for another installment of Another Christmas Story. This week's chapter, chapter 19, will be read to you by Tim Babb of Can't Wait for Christmas. I don't have any housekeeping to go over with you all this week, except apologies for the consistent hum underneath my speaking at the beginning and end during my segments. I noticed this was a problem in last week's installment as well. That's the air condition running. I would shut it off, but it is hot as hell here in New York, and I don't bode well in the heat, which is part of the reason why I love fall and winter. So... Since I'm not reading the chapter, and Tim is, I am going to keep the air on during my segments, and I hope you guys can deal with that. But that's all I have for you this week, so with that, I'll kick it over to Tim. Enjoy, y'all. Hello, this is Tim Babb from the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast, celebrating Christmas all year long on the 25th of every month. Find us online at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. Chapter 19, Jingle Bell Rock, December 24th, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I love Christmas markets, Mary remarked with an enormous smile on her face as she craned her neck and swiveled her head in all directions, her eyes wide as she took in the sights, sounds, and smells of the Bryant Park pop-up Christmas market, the Winter Village. Bryant Park's Winter Village was erected in the park every December in a large circle around the seasonal ice skating rink that was set up in the center of the usually open space. The little glass and wooden structures that made up the market's pop-up shops were insulated only by floor heaters to keep their employees and their visitors warm. And colored Christmas lights were strung along the circular pathway of the marketplace in addition to all of the trees that lined it. At the far end of the park, situated at the edge of the park closest to the New York Public Library and looming large over the market, was an enormous Christmas tree, its colorful lights sparkling brightly through the falling snow. It was a beautiful, picturesque scene that, as far as most visitors were concerned, could have been depicted on any Christmas card. Despite the raging snowstorm and despite it being Christmas Eve, the park was just as crowded as it had been the entire month. The market shops were overflowing, the ice rink was packed, happy couples were wandering around with coffee, taking in the sights, and groups of tourists and families were trying to get as many pictures as they could of the idyllic image. The UK has some amazing markets, you know, Mary continued, glancing sideways at Joey, who was staring around at their surroundings with narrowed eyes. She could practically see his brain working to file away everything he was witnessing in some far-off part of his mind where he could access it at will at a later date sometime in the future when he was working on the next great American novel. London has some really great ones, but Durham's and Newcastle's are even more brilliant. But even those are nothing compared to Edinburgh's. Joey turned to face the woman whose eyes glazed over as she thought back on Christmas's past that she had spent in the once European country, which she had zero ability to see for himself. They're mint. Seriously. Absolutely amazing. Better than this? Joey arched an eyebrow as he waved an arm around him at the Winter Village. It looked beautiful on any regular day of the week, but on Christmas Eve, with the snow coming down steadily, piling high on the ground around them as the twinkling lights of the looming Manhattan skyscrapers surrounding the park sparkled brightly, it was nothing short of magical. Mary allowed a conceding grin to spread across her face. Well, it's all relative, really, isn't it? but I will admit it's pretty hard to top this, but you should experience the British ones for yourself before jumping to any conclusions. Is that an invitation to visit you at some point? Joey asked with a playful wink. Mary laughed as she rolled her eyes and knocked her hips against Joey's congenially. 
I wouldn't be opposed, she admitted, and I am an excellent tour guide. I bet. But let's give it a year or two to let things settle down with me and the baby before you go booking any flights, okay? Joey blinked, clearly taken aback by her words. What? Mary asked. Look, it's not that I wouldn't like if you visited, but... No, it's not that, Joey hastened to interrupt, suddenly self-conscious. It's just that, well... He scratched the back of his head awkwardly as he mulled over his words carefully. Mary stared at him expectantly for a few moments before snapping, Well, spit it out! Joey glanced at her, red in the face. It's just... I was kind of joking. He let on an awkward laugh. Not that I wouldn't love to visit England someday. Or you, he admitted, somewhat less confidently before continuing. It's just that... Well, I assume that with the baby on the way and your boyfriend out of the picture, you wouldn't be in England to visit. I just assumed you'd be moving back here. Mary visibly bristled in annoyance. You know, she began testily, that is the second time in the same number of days that somebody just assumed that I'd be moving here once I've had the baby. Natalie, she added as an aside, answering Joey's unasked question. I don't know why people think I'm incapable of taking care of a child myself. A mischievous grin slowly spread across Joey's face. What? is so funny. I'm sorry, Joey insisted, his grin widening even more. It's not about that, it's just, well, your New York accent comes back pretty strongly when you get angry. Mary blinked, taken aback, as the two of them continued to stroll the path that led around the winter village. She had never realized that about herself before, and nobody back in England had ever thought to inform her of this particular quirk. She wondered whether or not it was happening just because she was back in New York at the moment, and she couldn't decide whether it was a good thing or not. Catching sight of Joey out of the corner of her eye, still grinning like a doofus, she shook her head. That's not, that's neither here nor there, she insisted, forcing herself to emphasize her mixed British accent while reining in her New York one. Seriously, why does everyone think I can't raise a baby on my own? Well, I can't speak for Natalie, though I'd hazard a guess that she'd agree with me. It's not that we'd think you can't raise your child on your own. It's just that raising a kid is hard, financially and emotionally. It's good to be around people who can help support you, who you can lean on when you need help. Mary was aware that Joey had a point. Natalie had expressed the same concerns to her the previous evening. She had agreed with her in the moment, but right then and there, in the freezing snow, she refused to admit as much to the man she hadn't talked to in ten years. She refused to give him the satisfaction. So instead, she decided to get overly defensive. I do have friends in the UK, you know. And I'm sure they're great, Joey insisted, but as great as they may be, they're not your parents. Mary let out a dismissive laugh. That's right, they're not. I'm actually close with them. All I'm saying is your mother's been through it all before. Some of my friends have kids already, you know. Well, fine then, Joey snapped, frustrated now. You don't need your parents' support, that's great. But for what it's worth, if it was me facing the prospect of raising a baby alone, I'd want my parents around regardless of how close I was with them. Because I know that my friends, as great as they may be, can't always be there for me like my parents would be. Not even Ryan. He laughed, and I know they'd do everything they could to help me, because my baby would be their grandchild, so they'd have a vested interest in how the kid turned out. As Joey lapsed into silence, Mary considered his words as her chest tightened anxiously. Finally, she asked more forcefully than she intended to, Look, can we just talk about something else? Sure, Joey nodded, feeling guilty for upsetting the pregnant woman. Of course, whatever you want. He stared around at the tiny wooden and glass structures that housed the market's many vendors and asked brightly, So where should we start? Mary gave a half-hearted shrug. Doesn't matter to me. Oh, come on, don't be like that, Joey pleaded. Look, I'm sorry, all right, but you were the one who wanted us to get to know one another again. You were the one who said you wanted complete honesty between us. I'm just full of smart choices, aren't I? Mary asked sarcastically as she made a show of rubbing her stomach, which caused Joey to laugh. I didn't hear you objecting to any of those terms when I suggested it, though. Because I thought it was a good idea, Joey replied defensively. Then, staring around at their surroundings and desperate to get back on good footing with the woman once again, he asked, Do you have any idea what you want to get your parents for Christmas? No clue, Mary admitted as her eyes swept over all the pop-up shops glowing with Christmas lights and emitting holiday music through their doorless entrances. Every time the two of them passed by one, a blast of heated air hit them blissfully in the face. Her gaze landed upon one of the smaller structures from which people emerged, cradling plastic cups from which steam emerged from the top. Though I can tell you, I'm inclined to start my shopping in any of these shops that are selling hot chocolate or cider. Joey followed the girl's gaze before smiling. Let's go then, he suggested, grateful for any excuse to escape from the heavy falling snow for a few moments. As they walked in the direction of the building selling warm winter drinks, he allowed Mary to steady herself on his arm as he slowly guided her along the icy ground. Fifteen minutes later, the old childhood friends emerged from the building in question, each clasping steaming cups of hot chocolate that warmed their hands as much as it did their insides.
The warm liquid acted like an elixir on Mary's mood. The pregnant woman was all smiles and laughs as they made their way from shop to shop in the snow, which seemed to be getting heavier by the minute. As they browsed each quaint heated structure, Joey snuck covert glances at the pregnant woman whenever she seemed preoccupied examining various products. Though a decade older, she was truly as beautiful as he remembered her, though an air of barely concealed sadness clearly clung over her, clinging to her like a shadow. Joey couldn't blame her. He was still sad that Lily had broken off their engagement not even 24 hours ago, after all, and here was Mary about to become a single mother. He was worried about her, not quite certain that the reality of the situation had sunk in yet. The fact of the matter was, though, that she'd be welcoming a new baby into the world on her own. And while she might have supportive friends, they couldn't possibly be in the position to drop everything and come running whenever Mary needed help, regardless of what time of the day or night it was. And while Joey had complete confidence in Mary's ability to raise a child by herself, she was, after all, a strong, independent woman, and he was a staunch feminist, the reality was it wasn't going to be easy. In fact, it was going to be hard as hell. He knew her parents would be able to help her shoulder some of the toughness. He just had to figure out a way to convey that to her, and figure out the most appropriate time to do so. At that moment, however, he couldn't bring himself to ruin Mary's good mood, so he dutifully followed her from building to building. As they shopped, the two cracked jokes in an undertone about the tourists crowding them, laughed at the weird knickknacks they found, and reminisced fondly about their childhood friendships. When they finally emerged from the final store after having visited every single other one first, Mary had always had a love for shopping and found herself unable to resist browsing through all of her available options. Joey found himself carrying the gifts the woman had picked out for her parents. In addition to the shopping the two of them had done at Macy's earlier in the day, Mary had settled on gift baskets for both of her parents. Her mother's contained various Christmas and winter scented bath soaps, shower gels, and candles, while her father's contained assorted chocolates, candy canes, gingerbread cookies, chestnuts, and a nutcracker. Joey thought they were extremely cute, but couldn't help asking his friend, Remind me again how I got stuck carrying all of your shopping? Because of the mere fact that I'm already carrying around all this extra weight, duh. Mary patted her stomach lovingly as the child within her kicked forcefully. Once you're carrying around the equivalent of this, then I'll take some bags off your hands. Joey laughed despite himself. You're lucky I'm such a gentleman. I'll have to tell Nat when I see her later that contrary to popular belief, chivalry isn't dead. Mary winked at Joey as she flashed him a grin and the two of them came to a slow stop at the crowded base of Bryant Park's enormous Christmas tree. As one, the two of them craned their necks back to get a clear glimpse of the bright star hanging upon the highest bough. It's beautiful, isn't it? Joey gave a derisive snort, thoroughly unimpressed by the predominantly red, blue, and purple lights wrapped within the branches. It's no Rockefeller Center. It's too dark. It needs more light, brighter colors or something. Mary rolled her eyes. Okay, Mr. Christmas Tree Connoisseur, it's not trying to be the Rockefeller Center Christmas Tree. It's trying to be its own thing, have its own identity. She shrugged as she stared the giant shrub up and down with a small smile on her face. I like it. It presents a nice contrast to all of the bright lights of the village and its buildings. They complement one another nicely. You're such a poet, Joey teased, which caused the woman to playfully punch his shoulder, eliciting a laugh from him. I'll say this anyway, he continued, turning back to the tree. It's no Charlie Brown tree. No, it's not, Mary agreed. In fact, she pulled her cell phone from her purse and typed in her passcode to unlock it. I need to get a picture of it for my Instagram. Joey rolled his eyes as the girl took a few photos of the tree before flipping her phone's camera and extending her hand in order to try and get a selfie of herself in front of it. As she angled for the best position from which to take the picture, Mary pursed her lips and sucked in her cheeks, perfecting her so-called duck face in order to make her face look thinner. After snapping a few images, she lowered her arm and began to scroll through them with a pitiful groan. I look so fat. You're pregnant, Mary, Joey noted. And trust me, given the fact that you're about to pop at any minute, you look really damn great. Mary blinked in surprise, completely taken aback by the compliment. Really? Really, Joey nodded with a smile. But if I were you, I'd make sure that when I posted that photo, I'd label the tree as the Bryant Park one. You don't want all your foreign friends to assume it's the Rockefeller Center one. Doesn't deserve to be misrepresented like that. Mary flipped Joey the finger jokingly before going back to taking selfies in a vain attempt to capture the perfect one. As she did this, Joey wandered away from her in the direction of the ice skating rink in order to observe happy families and glowing couples gliding across the ice with varying degrees of proficiency. No matter how skilled each individual skater was, however, they were all smiles and their gleeful laughs and shouts echoed loudly around the park. When Mary finally ambled over to join him, Joey turned to face her. Remember what a good skater you used to be? Used to be, Mary repeated, mock offended. I'll have you know, I'm still a great skater. So all the years your mother forced you to take lessons finally paid off, huh? Irene only forced me to go the first few weeks. I actually loved going the other 13 years. Then why did you complain to her about having to go every Sunday morning? 
Because they were Sunday mornings, Mary replied, as though it was the most obvious thing in the world. Besides, I couldn't admit to her that I actually liked going. She'd never let me live it down. She'd throw it in my face every time she tried to force me to do something I didn't want to do. Joey nodded, feigning seriousness. Good point. I'm sure you'll love it when your child does the exact same thing to you. Bite me. I would if I didn't think you'd enjoy it so much, Joey quipped with a playful grin on his face, his eyes twinkling mischievously. As Mary laughed in response, the man couldn't help but notice how she stared at the amateur ice skaters wistfully. Playfully nudging her, he suggested, Go on then, he nodded at the rink. Show me what you've got. I want to see if you're as good as I remember. You're joking, right? Look at me. Mary grabbed her stomach with both of her hands. I'm sore all over. Every bone in my body aches and my feet are so swollen, I doubt they could even fit into skates. What I wouldn't give for a foot massage. She raised an eyebrow at Joey pointedly. Keep dreaming, Joey replied. As a smile unfurled on Mary's face at the words, she continued. And even if I did somehow manage to shove my feet into skates, there's no way I'd be able to prevent myself from overbalancing with this stomach. She rubbed it lovingly as her baby kicked her again. I don't know. Sounds like you're making excuses to me, Joey remarked. When he noticed Mary's eyes flashed with fury as she opened her mouth to angrily press her point, he hastily added, Relax! I'm joking! Mary shut her mouth quickly as she felt herself flush with embarrassment. In the years since the two had last spoken, Joey seemed to have developed a much drier, more sarcastic sense of humor, and had gotten much better at dishing out the jokes that needled and provoked people than she remembered him ever being growing up. He almost seemed as good at it as she was. Sorry, she mumbled. I should have known. I blame the pregnancy brain. When Joey scoffed skeptically, she snapped defensively. It's a real thing! Okay, okay, I believe you, Joey laughed. Anyway, I'll be right back. Where are you going? I'll be right back, Joey repeated, more pointedly this time. Oh, Joey, don't. Mary reached out and grabbed his wrist, which sent a tingling sensation flowing up and down the length of his body. I'm serious. Don't go get park officials to make an announcement asking me to skate or anything. I really don't think I'll be able to. What are you talking about? Joey furrowed his eyebrows together. Mary, I wouldn't. I'm just going to run to find a bathroom. Oh. Mary felt herself blush in embarrassment again. Right. I thought that I'd somehow clear the ice rink for you so you could have your moment in the spotlight and show off your skating skills? Joey shook his head. Never even crossed my mind. Sorry, I could try to arrange that if you want. Absolutely not. Alrighty then, Joey replied. Then, noticing how mortified the pregnant woman appeared, decided to take pity on her and throw her a lifeline. Don't worry about it. I understand. Pregnancy brain. A wide smirk unfurled across Mary's face. I also have pregnancy bladder too, you know. Yet you're the one of the two of us who needs to take a bathroom break first. What are you, five? No, but I'll act like it if you want to see what it's like spending the day with a toddler. You know, he shrugged, in case you want some practice. He winked at her as she laughed and hurried off to the crowds to find a park bathroom. As he disappeared amongst the masses, a particularly chill gust of snowy wind blew around Mary. Shivering, she shoved her hands into her pockets and turned back to face the ice rink, surveying all of the people upon it, enjoying their Christmas Eve. Immediately, Mary's eyes fell upon a young woman who looked barely older than she herself was. She was standing on the ice at the far end of the rink leaning over the waist-high wall to take a screaming baby from the arms of a man Mary presumed was its father. The wailing child, whose four limbs flailed as it twisted and turned in its mother's hands as she cradled it close, looked like it was a year old, if that, and its tear-stained cheeks were bright red. The mother, meanwhile, looked exhausted and haggard as she held the child close to her bosom, and though Mary couldn't hear anything the woman was saying, it was clear, even from a distance, that she was cooing gently in an attempt to calm her kid. Mary couldn't help but feel bad for the woman. It was clear from the mere fact that she was on the ice while her partner remained on firm ground with the child that she just wanted a few minutes of quiet solace, alone with her thoughts. Yet the demands of being a mother came first, and when her baby cried, she was there for it. It was simple human nature. But the longer that Mary watched the woman and the baby, who seemed absolutely inconsolable, the more the knot in the pit of her stomach tightened uncomfortably. The woman had a partner to help her out, who had at least tried to give her a few minutes of much-needed alone time, and yet she was still called back for help. Without Luke, Mary would never get a few minutes alone. She'd have no one to help care for the child in shifts. She'd be entirely on her own, and suddenly, the full weight of Natalie and Joey's concerns hit her full in the face. While she was more than capable of raising a child alone, it wouldn't be easy. There were times she would need help, and when those times come, who would she turn to? Luke was gone. Her parents lived on the other side of the Atlantic. She couldn't consistently bother her friends when they were leading their own lives and would eventually be starting families of their own. Before she could tumble too far down that rabbit hole, however, a voice from behind her asked, Is everything okay? You look white as a ghost. Mary turned to come face to face with Joey, who had sidled up behind her in the snow without her hearing him, and upon meeting his blue eyes, the woman felt an enormous sense of relief course to her. She had never been so happy to see him. You have perfect timing. That's not the first time I've heard that, Joey teased. Seriously, though, what's wrong? 
Nothing, Mary replied a little too quickly as she turned back to stare across the ice rink again. It's just... Well... She gestured at the mother and still screaming baby across the way. Motherhood looks hard. Joey stared across at the desperate-looking mother and the shouting baby before nodding slowly. It really does, he agreed. It's definitely not the easiest job in the world. Glancing down at Mary again, he noticed how overwhelmed she looked, and thought better of pressing his earlier point that it might be for the best were she to move back to New York in order to be closer to her parents. Instead, he smiled and pointed in the direction of one of the glass shops to their left. But look over there. Mary turned to look where the man had pointed just beyond one of the park's vendors in an open, grassy area, and saw a young woman and a little boy, who looked no older than five, running circles around one another and chucking snowballs at each other. They were both laughing as they waved and ducked around people hurrying through the snowy park, and as they eyed one another, it was clear how much love there was between them. Sure, parenthood is hard, Joey spoke softly as Mary kept her eyes glued on the mother and son, but parenthood also means you'll get moments like that, and that sure makes it look worth it. As Mary watched the boy run into his mother's arms before the two of them proceeded to collapse into the snowy ground, Mary felt her lip trembling and her eyes began to brim with tears as she watched them begin to make snow angels where they lay, and without thinking, she placed her hands on her stomach once more just in time to feel her own baby kick. Blinking back the tears before they had a chance to roll down her face, Mary took a deep, steadying breath before turning to glance up at Joey. You're such a poet, she teased, throwing her man's earlier words back at him. Joey laughed. I'm a writer. It's kind of what I do. Though I admit, that wasn't my best work. It did the trick, though, Mary admitted, so thank you. You don't need to thank me, it's true. There's no denying kids are tough, but the joy they'll bring to your life, it makes it all worth it. Mary raised an eyebrow. You sound like you're talking from experience. Joey shook his head. I just read a lot of books and watch a lot of TV. I wish, though, he asked, somewhat bitterly. I've always wanted to be a father. I remember, she replied quietly. You still have plenty of time to make it happen. When Joey gave a half-hearted shrug in response, Mary, in desperate attempt to lighten the mood again before the man could begin to dwell on his newly broken engagement, which placed him even further away from fatherhood, continued pointedly. Speaking of kids, I still need to find gifts for my nieces and nephews. At the words, Joey's eyes lit up. I almost forgot! Mary rolled her eyes with a laugh. Come on, you big man-child. Let's go to FAO Schwartz. Joey had always believed, as long as he could remember, that walking through FAO Schwartz at Christmas time was the closest one could ever get to walking through Santa Claus's workshop up at the North Pole. And, as it turned out, walking through the enormous toy store on Fifth Avenue was just as magical an experience as an adult as it had been walking through it as a child. There was something wondrous about the bright lights sparkling high above and the Christmas trees positioned in every corner, the cheerful holiday music being pumped throughout the cozy store, and being surrounded by shelves stocked with racing cars, teddy bears, and a variety of other classic toys that still survived year after year despite not being a part of any new and modern brand or franchise. Then, of course, there was the life-size Lego figurines and dioramas and a Barbie house that guests could actually walk through because it was built to be the size of an actual home. And on the second level, just to the right of the escalators, was the life-size piano mat that guests could jump around on in an effort to recreate the scene from the Tom Hanks movie, Big. Just outside the store, standing sentry on either side of the exit, were two store employees dressed as toy soldiers who allowed guests to take selfies with them on the way out while the numerous floor-to-ceiling windows around the shop allowed patrons a clear view of the thickening snowfall spiraling down from the sky outside from within its warm walls. Seriously, is there any other time of the year that's better than Christmas? Joey asked as he and Mary perused the shelves in search of age-appropriate gifts for her two nieces and three nephews. Being inside of the toy store brought a wave of cheerful nostalgia crashing down over the man and seemed to cheer him up exponentially. I used to think there wasn't, Mary began as she picked up a toy fire truck to examine it, but something tells me that neither of us will look fondly on it in the years to come. Why not? We both had our hearts broken in the middle of the season by people we thought were the ones. Kind of puts a damper on this whole time of year, doesn't it? While Joey had been feeling the same sentiment in the moments immediately after Lily had dumped him, if he was being honest with himself, at that very moment, he had to admit that even though he was still devastated, he was already regaining some of that Christmas spirit he had been afraid the woman had killed. It was impossible not to when in New York. I think we'll be fine, especially you. Once you push that kid out, it'll be impossible not to love the holidays again when you see how magical they find this time of year. I guess, Mary conceded as she picked up an enormous teddy bear and began to turn it over in her arms looking for a price tag. What do you think? She asked, holding it out for Joey's opinion. Would this be good for a kid no matter what sex it turns out to be? Joey nodded, at which Mary smiled and hugged the bear closer to her, as they turned left at the end of the aisle to head down to the next one. So are you ever going to tell me about the baby's father? 
Mary was surprised by the bluntness of her companion's question, and silently cursed herself for stipulating earlier that the only way she'd agree to spend the day together was if they truly got to get to know one another again, and were completely honest with each other. There's nothing to tell. I told you, it was an accident. How long were you two seeing one another beforehand? Mary threw Joey an exasperated glance. It wasn't a one-night stand, if that's what you're implying. We were together nearly a year, and we were friends before that. What's his name? Lucas. Luke for short. Joey smirked. Do you think parents only name their sons some variation of Luke nowadays, just so the dad can say, Luke, I am your father. That's totally the only reason I'd name my son Luke, Mary answered sarcastically, eliciting a laugh from Joey as they stepped onto the escalator leading to the second floor. All right, seriously, Joey continued. You and this Luke guy were friends before getting into a relationship that lasted nearly a year, and after he knocks you up, he just decides he doesn't want to be a part of the kid's life? What happened between you two? When Mary hesitated, avoiding his eyes by staring determinately at the piano mat on the floor to the right of them, he quickly added, Be honest, they're your rules. Rules can change. Hey, don't give me that. I told you about what happened between me and Lily. Mary rolled her eyes. Why do you have to be so rational when you make an argument? It's part of my charm, I guess, Joey shrugged. Seriously, though, what happened? Mary came to a stop directly in front of the piano mat and stared at Joey seriously. If you must know, he was extremely supportive of me all throughout my pregnancy. He came to every sonogram, indulged every craving I had, put up with my mood swings. That is, of course, until last night when we sat down for dinner after getting in from Newcastle. Joey's mouth fell open aghast. He left you last night? You're nine months pregnant! It's my fault, I guess, Mary said, matter-of-factly. I mean, I was at least the final nail in the coffin. I nearly caused a scene with the hostess at the restaurant. What is with you and the people in the service industry? Joey joked. Mary smirked at the comment, but continued as though she had not been interrupted. And he didn't like it when I finally admitted to him that even though we had been dating for a year and had been friends even longer, I hadn't told either of my parents or any of my siblings about him. Joey's mouth dropped open in shock once again. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me get this straight. Your parents aren't only unaware that you're pregnant, but they don't even know the man who got you pregnant? I know, it's a little messed up. A little? Mary glared at Joey angrily. Don't you judge me. You know what Ethan and Irene are like. They're overbearing, overprotective. Ethan would have had one of his friends on the forest run a background check on Luke. And Irene would have asked him millions of questions until she knew how many moles his great-great-great-grandfather had on his ass cheek. That's normal parental behavior, Mary. Plus, I'm the only girl. I got pregnant after three months after dating him. If I had told them then, they would have threatened him with everything they could think of in order to force him to marry me. Mary crossed her arms defiantly across her chest, and that wouldn't have been fair to him or to me. I wasn't going to marry a guy I might not have been in love with. Joey surveyed the woman standing before him who, though angry, seemed desperate to make him understand where she was coming from. Okay, okay, fair enough. I get it. I do. He plastered a weak smile onto his face. But man, leaving you the day before Christmas Eve just because you kept a few secrets from your parents? I already told you earlier this morning, remember? Luke didn't want to be involved. Mary let out a humorless laugh as she wiped a lone tear from her eye. Sighing deeply, she allowed the words to spill forth from her mouth. He said he wasn't ready to be a father. Apparently, he was waiting for the right time to break it to me. And it wasn't until I came clean with him last night that he felt comfortable enough admitting it to me. Not ready to be a father, Joey repeated, furrowing his eyebrows. Tough shit. He's about to be one. You decided to keep the baby, and now he needs to be there for it. Technically, he doesn't have to be. Legally, he has to, though. Well, at least financially. Mary allowed a derisive laugh to escape her lips. Unfortunately, I don't have the money to take him to court over that, so... I'm sure your parents would help you out. Maybe I don't want them to help me sue my ex, Mary snapped forcefully as she rolled her eyes. Did you ever think of that? Maybe I had time to sleep on it last night and came to the conclusion that I don't want Luke in my life, and I sure as hell don't want him around my kid if he doesn't want to be around it. Speechless, Joey allowed the woman's words to sink in. He stared into his friend's defiant eyes. Finally, he said quietly, I didn't mean to pry. Honestly, Mary, I'm so sorry. Don't be, Mary relented, letting her shoulder sag. It is what it is at this point. Who knows? Maybe it's a blessing in disguise, she added with a disparaging snort. Maybe, Joey bit down on his lip uncertainly. But even still, to be put through all of that just before Christmas, just before your due date, I can't even begin to imagine what you must be going through. Well, I did say I don't think I'll be looking at Christmas so finely in the future, Mary pointed out with a wry smile. Don't let one jackass ruin the holidays for you. Don't give him the satisfaction. Don't... Hey, look, Mary interrupted pointedly. There's no line. She pointed excitedly at the piano mat on the floor. Let's go for it. What? Joey demanded. Mary! I'll be right back. 
And before Joey could protest, Mary dumped the still unpaid for toys she'd been carrying around in her arms at his feet before hurrying over to the piano. Standing atop of it, she stared at the television hooked up to it and picked the song she wanted to dance to, selecting Jingle Bell Rock. The pattern of the piano keys that Mary had to hit with her feet in sequential order began to float across the television screen, and as they did, she began to hit the corresponding glowing keys on the ground. The sound began to emulate from the speakers attached to the piano mat. Joey watched, impressed as Mary moved quick and gracefully as she needed to in order to play the song correctly, not missing a single note. The feat was made all the more impressive by the fact that she was doing it all in the late stages of pregnancy, a fact that didn't seem to escape a few shoppers in the vicinity. Soon, Mary was surrounded by a semicircle of admirers who cheered her on, some even taking out their cell phones to record the impressive routine. Noticing the attention she was receiving, Mary smiled to herself and allowed herself to bask in it. Her theater background definitely helped her reaction time, allowing her to be as accurate as she was with the piano and to kick ass at games like Dance Dance Revolution. Her background also made her unabashedly outgoing. She wasn't shy in the slightest, and as she performed for the store's patrons, she couldn't help but think about how much she missed being in the limelight. Indeed, as she spun, twirled, and hopped around the keyboard, she found that it was a nice little momentary distraction from reality. Mary's smile widened when she noticed Joey's admiring looks out of the corner of her eyes, and she decided to wave him over. His eyes widened at the gesture, and he shook his head emphatically, prompting her to roll her eyes and wave him over again. When he once more refused, she stuck out her lower lip and pouted as she continued to dance, trying to look as sad as she could. Joey, however, merely continued to shake his head in amusement. He was aware of the game she was playing with him, but upon remembering everything that his old friend was going through, he decided to push himself outside his comfort zone and slowly lower all the shopping bags he had been carrying around to the floor. Mary was delighted to finally see him yield and join her on the keyboard, which immediately seemed to sense the presence of a second person, for the television screen that was hooked up to it began to show two sets of dance instructions one for each of them to follow. Joey was nowhere near as graceful as Mary as he jumped clumsily around the right side of the piano, but he was just good enough that, when mixed with the woman's excellence, the music sounded incredible. As the two danced side by side, they laughed as they kept throwing looks at each other, trying to one-up each other with the complexity of their moves. All the while, the assembled crowd, which continued to grow, watched in amazement before finally the song came to an end and both Joey and Mary came to a stop to soak in the thunderous applause that followed their performance. They loved us, Mary whispered to Joey out of the side of her mouth as she reached down and intertwined her fingers with his. Taken aback by the gesture, it took Joey a moment to realize that she had done so so they could take a bow together at the same time. Thank you, thank you, Mary played the crowd easily, waving at them with one hand as she rubbed her stomach with the other, smiling wide. We'll be here all week. Merry Christmas. She laughed, still holding Joey's hand, and dragged him over to the spot where they left their Christmas shopping as the crowd around them began to disperse, talking excitedly about what they had just witnessed as they resumed their shopping. "'What's so funny?' Mary asked as Joey side-eyed her closely with an enormous grin on his face. "'It's just you said you couldn't ice skate given your condition, and yet that—that that was amazing!' Mary laughed. "'I was able to keep my comfortable sneakers on my feet doing that!' Then, noticing how red and sweaty Joey's face was as he bent down to pick up all of their shopping, she asked, "'You okay there, champ?' "'I'm fine,' Joey smiled out of breath. "'It's just been a while since I've exercised like that. "'I'd never be able to tell. "'That was fun, though!' Tell me about it, Mary sighed wistfully. I miss performing in front of an audience. Joey, unsure of how to respond, said nothing as he followed her down an aisle full of dolls. I need to get myself one of those mats when I move into a place of my own. At the words, her smile faded slightly, and it didn't take more than a few seconds for Joey to understand it was because she was aware of the fact that after the holidays, she'd have to move out of her boyfriend's apartment. Place a consoling hand on her shoulder, causing Mary to stare up at him, he said quietly, It's his loss, Mary. Any guy would be lucky to have you in his life, in any capacity, let alone a romantic one. And if your child is even half as amazing as you are, Luke's going to be missing out on something really special. The baby inside of Mary chose that moment to kick her hard, as though responding to the man's words, as its mother's eyes began to fill with tears of gratitude. Thanks, she whispered, wiping the tears away as Joey squeezed her shoulder reassuringly. Clearing her throat and shaking her head in order to clear it, she let out a loud sigh before saying, But enough of this sappy crap, let's find gifts and get the hell out of here. Twenty minutes later, Joey and Mary exited the iconic toy store with an electric train, a remote control car, and a remote control plane for her nephews, a Barbie doll and a Raggedy Ann doll for her nieces, and an enormous and extremely soft teddy bear for Mary's unborn child, which was Joey's gift to her. Mary was still thanking him profusely when the two friends came level with the two employees dressed as toy soldiers that flanked the entrance of the store. Can we get a selfie? Joey asked, cutting across Mary's continued platitudes of thanks. Of course, one of the toy soldiers smiled. Joey and Mary stood between the two soldiers, standing cheek to cheek with them as they leaned in and Joey snapped the picture. Thank you, he said. 
Merry Christmas. And a Merry Christmas to the two of you, one of the toy soldiers replied. As Joey and Mary ambled away from the doors, Joey glanced down at the picture he had just snapped. That's a great picture of us, Mary exclaimed, leaning in close. Joey nodded his agreement, at a loss for words. The two of them, who were both going through extremely difficult times, appeared genuinely happy in the picture. Not only that, but they looked like nothing short of a loving couple in the image, the thought of which made Joey's heart skip a beat. Coming back to his senses, he shook his head fervently to rid his mind of such an insane thought before it could take hold in his brain. As he made to put his phone away, Mary grabbed his wrist. Wait a minute, she grabbed his phone from him and began to key something into it. I want a copy of that for myself. Mary's phone chimed inside of her purse at that moment. Pulling it out to check, she said, perfect, got it. She handed Joey's phone back to him. And now we have each other's phone numbers too, so there's no reason not to keep in touch. You want to? Joey blinked, surprised. Well, yeah, Mary admitted uncertainly as her stomach constricted uncomfortably and she worried whether or not she had stuck her swollen foot into her big mouth. I mean, you know, as long as you want to. Of course I do, Joey replied almost too quickly. Good, Mary smirked. I just figured, you know, we're having a good day today. Definitely. And we've been out of touch for so long, you know, that I just figured maybe it's time we tried being friends again. Past this one day, I mean. The words came pouring out of Mary's mouth before she could stop herself, and she looked down at the sidewalk in embarrassment. Joey felt the same way, but he didn't want to admit it to her. Not quite yet, anyway. There were some things that he wanted to figure out first. So instead, in order to break the awkward silence that was beginning to build between them, he glanced skyward at the falling snow. There's something magical about a white Christmas, isn't there? He glanced back down at Mary. There's something magical about Christmas in general. Mary nodded as she shoved her hands into her pockets and shivered. What do you want to do next? Oh, I don't... Don't you dare say that you don't care, Mary quickly interrupted in a threatening tone of voice. I want you to pick. We've been shopping for my family all morning. Hmm. Joey glanced around the bustling city streets in their vicinity before fixing his eyes on the Fifth Avenue entrance to Central Park, across from the Plaza Hotel. A wide smirk slowly formed across his face at the sight of a line of horse-drawn carriages waiting to take tourists through the idyllic, snow-covered park. Wait here for a minute, he instructed Mary. I'll be right back. Before the woman could protest, he hurried down the street to 58th Street and hurried over to the park entrance, ducking and weaving through the pedestrians so quickly that he barely noticed where he was going and he slipped on a large patch of ice. With a yell of surprise, he fell backwards, but before he hit the ground, a pair of strong arms grabbed him. Ho, ho, ho! Careful, son! Thanks, Santa, Joey mumbled, embarrassed as he found his footing again, turning to flash the Salvation Army Santa Claus who caught him, standing with a bell in his hand beside a bucket in which passerbys were dropping spare change for the poor. He blinked in surprise at the warm smile the old man flashed him. Aren't you the Santa Claus that was at the Macy's earlier? He asked, confused. There's only one Santa Claus, the old man answered evasively. Joey cocked an eyebrow. Seriously, he began. What are you doing out here now? I don't know what you're talking about. Santa's eyes twinkled mischievously. Come on, man, Joey rolled his eyes. Just admit it. Admit what? Santa furrowed his eyebrows, genuinely confused. Joey stared deep into his eyes for a moment, searching them before he finally shrugged. I'm sorry, he began. I thought for a minute that... You know what? Never mind. He smiled. Thanks again for catching me before I fell on my ass. Language, Santa pointed out, his tone one of warning. But you're very welcome. Continue to pass on the selflessness and goodwill and have a Merry Christmas. Right, Joey replied uncertainly. You too. And with one last backward glance over his shoulder, just as Santa began to ring his bell again, Joey hurried towards the nearest jet black carriage, which was harnessed to a magnificent brown horse. Excuse me, sir, he asked, calling up to the cabbie who was sitting on the elevated seat, the horse's reins resting at his lap. How much is it for an hour-long ride through the park? $140.60, the cabbie rattled off immediately, before quickly adding, tip not included. One hundred and... Are you out of your mind, Joey demanded, staring from the horse to the carriage before staring back up at the cabbie. That's insane! Hey man, we have to make a living, all right? The cabbie motioned up and down at the row of horse-drawn carriages waiting for patrons. It's the standard fare. If you can't afford an hour, you can get 45 minutes for $118.97, or half an hour for $54.08. Again, tip not included. Well, there's no point in paying that amount for such a short ride, so I guess I'll pay the hour, Joey muttered begrudgingly, as he reached into his back pocket, earning himself a wide, arrogant smile from the cabbie in return. As he began to count the cash from his wallet, Joey hesitated for the briefest moments before glancing from the cabbie to the horse. You're not one of those guys you hear about on the news who abuses the horses, are you? Of course, the cabbie snapped, clearly annoyed by the question, as he lovingly leaned forward to stroke the horse's mane. I wouldn't hurt a hair on its head. 
Good. Joey gave a curt nod before shoving $150 into the man's greedy hands. You can keep the change. Make it a good ride, and don't try to make any conversation with us, and you'll get a big tip at the end of the ride too, alright? Hey listen buddy, the cabbie began with a laugh. Give me a big tip at the end and you can do whatever the hell you want in the back. Joey rolled his eyes. Just wait here while I get my friend. Give me five minutes. Clock's ticking, the cabbie called after Joey, who had started walking back in the direction where he had left Mary in front of F.A.O. Schwartz. Turning to glare at the man in disbelief, Joey quickened his pace and hurried past the Salvation Army Santa Claus, who had caught him earlier. Maybe you should lecture him about selflessness and goodwill, Joey suggested to the old man, jerking his head back in the direction of the horse-drawn carriage. Santa Claus turned to glance in the direction Joey had indicated, but before he could respond to the young man's comment, Joey was already halfway across the street, heading in Mary's direction. Mary watched as Joey hurried away from her and crossed the street, heading toward the entrance of Central Park. As he made his way toward a line of horse-drawn carriages, her baby kicked inside of her. Placing a soothing hand on her stomach, she cooed softly as she stared down at her bump. It's all right, sweetie. He's not going to abandon us like Daddy did, I hope, she added to herself, glancing across the street in time to witness the Salvation Army Santa Claus catch Joey from falling on his ass. Laughing at the sight, Mary pulled her phone from her purse as it began to ring and placed it to her ear. Hello? Hey, where are you? Natalie? Duh, her friend replied. Don't you look at your caller ID? I didn't even register the name, Mary replied absentmindedly. Sorry. Are you all right? Natalie asked, sounding concerned. You sound distracted. I'm fine, Mary answered truthfully, tracking Joey with her eyes as he walked from the man dressed as Santa toward a perfectly ornate-looking horse-drawn carriage. Seriously, I'm feeling a lot better. Good, Natalie exclaimed. The magic of Christmas time in New York doing the trick, I take it. Something like that, Mary smirked. Well, where are you? Natalie asked again. Want to grab lunch? Mary glanced down at her watch, surprised to find that it was nearly half past twelve already. Oh, Nat, you know what? I actually can't. What? Natalie asked, surprised. Why not? Well, Mary bit down on her lower lip hesitantly before deciding to be honest with her friend. Because I met up with Joseph Nazario this morning and we kind of agreed to spend the day together. Joseph Nazario? Natalie repeated. From high school? Your next door neighbor? That's the one, Mary replied, watching as Joey began to rummage through his wallet for cash. You remember? Of course I remember. How could I forget? Natalie asked rhetorically. You were heartbroken when you two had that falling out. But where? How? It's a long story, Mary interrupted her, blowing snowflakes out of her face from the corner of her mouth. The point is, we're hanging out now, and I think he's actually arranging a handsome cab ride through Central Park for us right now as we speak. No wonder you're in such a good mood, Natalie teased. You're about to get it in. Mary rolled her eyes. We are not going to sleep together. Hey, I'm not judging, Natalie assured her. Every heartbroken girl needs some rebound sex. And considering that the two of you should have boned back in high school... Nat, Mary interrupted firmly. That is not what this is. Uh-huh, sure, Natalie replied, clearly not believing her. How long have I known you, Mary? You don't have to lie to me. Joey was always cute in a dorky sort of way, and a genuinely nice guy, too, so... Nat! Okay, I'll stop. I'm sorry, Natalie laughed before continuing seriously. Just be careful, all right? I always am. No, seriously, Natalie insisted. You're hormonal and something pretty shitty happened to you last night. I don't want you to get hurt, so just keep that in mind, all right? Mary absorbed the words, her stomach sinking slightly. Natalie was right. She was letting her guard down way too easily and needed to put it back up post-haste. Not only did she not want to end up getting hurt again, but she also didn't want to end up hurting Joey, who was clearly going through some pretty severe emotional trauma himself. Mary, you still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Don't worry, Nat. Seriously, I'll be fine. All right, Natalie replied uncertainly. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. I'll call you later when I get off work and I'm on my way to pick you up. Sounds good to me, Mary replied as Joey hurried back in her direction. Look, I have to go, all right? I'll see you later. And before her friend could even say goodbye, Mary hung up the phone and shoved it back into her purse just as Joey came to a stop in front of her, vigorously wiping snow from his hair. Who was that? He asked curiously. Just Natalie checking in, Mary smiled. Ah, Joey nodded before jerking his head in the direction of Central Park. I figured out what we can do next. I figured, Mary winked. Well then, Joey extended an arm, shall we? Mary glanced at the arm and, completely ignoring Natalie's warning and her own nagging self-doubt, smiled before taking it. Let's go. Thanks, Tim. I knew when I asked him to read a chapter that would turn out great, given the quality of Can't Wait for Christmas, and I wasn't disappointed. Again, I am continuously blown away by the amount of talent that has amassed behind this little story that I wrote. I am so grateful to each and every single person who has lent their voice to a chapter, just as I am grateful to each and every single one of you listeners who tune in week in and week out to hear how this story is going to go. So please 
keep the feedback coming and please if you are enjoying the story consider sharing it with your family and friends on your social media feeds in order to get it in front of as many ears as possible or as many eyes as the case may be because the text of each chapter you hear is made available on our website each week as well so if reading is more of your thing or more of their thing they can read our weekly installments at www.tisapodcast.com and if you enjoy Tis the Podcast proper, if you ever want to comment on a movie or television show we discuss, give us feedback on a specific episode, comment on this book, or just interact with us and other listeners of the show in general, check out our social media feeds. All you have to do to get to each one is go to www.tisapodcast.com slash Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, or Facebook group. Our Facebook group is by far the most active of our social media pages. It's always busy year-round, and not just with Christmas chatter, although that is obviously our primary focus. There's plenty of talk about pop culture, comic books, movies, TV shows, memes, and other holidays as well. Especially those other Burr Month holidays like Halloween and Thanksgiving that lead up to Christmas itself. It's also become a one-stop shop for many of the Christmas podcasts that you know and love on the Christmas Podcast Network. So not only will you find new episodes of Tissa Podcast there and get to interact with Julia, Tom, and myself there, but you'll also find new episodes of Totally Rad Christmas, Christmas Clatter, TGI Podcast, A Cozy Christmas Podcast, Advent Calendar House Podcast, Can't Wait for Christmas Podcast, all of your favorites posted there as well. And find all the hosts of said shows you know and love on the website too. Always willing to interact with anyone and everyone about anything. It's truly become a mini Christmas family, and it's definitely the thing that Tom, Julia, and myself are most proud of when we think about what sprouted out of this show. And speaking of the show, if you want more bonus episodes, Christmas cards, enamel pins, ringtones, etc., check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash tisapodcast or www.tisapodcast.com slash patreon. For as little as $1 per month, you can get full-length bonus episodes of the show. Just yesterday, we dropped an episode in which Charlene Lewis of Fashion Speaks Podcast and myself discussed Temptation Island Season 3, which is a fun, guilty pleasure type of episode. And next week, you'll hear me and Rebecca Ball discuss A Charlie Brown Christmas as we live watch it, and she watches it for the very first time ever. So... Both of those are fun, and we have plenty of fun stuff coming up in the bag for you. I plan on talking about the Hocus Pocus novelization and its original sequel with Kim Cooper in light of the recent news about Hocus Pocus 2 officially being greenlit with the original cast. There's plenty of Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas content being recorded right now to drop in October, November, and December of this year. We're going to do an episode on The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It, which will drop in a few weeks' time, Space Jam 2, A New Legacy, which will drop in a few weeks' time, The Purge franchise, and The Final Purge, both of which will drop in a few weeks' time, The Suicide Squad with Joey Davila and Matt Spaulding. I know Julia wants to do an episode on The Mighty Ducks TV show on Disney+. Plus. Loki just premiered on Disney+, Plus, and if the quality of the first episode is anything to go by, I'll want to do an episode on that when it wraps up. I still want to have the Justice League Snyder Cut debate with the haters of that movie, because Tom and I loved it. So there's plenty of stuff in the pipeline that will be loads of fun. So if you're not a patron right now, or you are a patron and dropped off, now's the time to join or rejoin, because you'll have plenty of content coming to you in this bonus feed throughout the year. It's really like a second whole bonus show. We've been getting so much up there. And I know I still owe some of you Patreon stickers and enamel pins I have the list, but if you could remind me in our Facebook group or Instagram or on Twitter, if you haven't gotten it yet and you subscribed at the level where you are expecting it, I would appreciate that because I don't remember the last person I sent them out to. Apart from subscribing to us on Patreon and engaging with us on and sharing our social media pages, there are other free ways to help the podcast as well. You can help the show in a free way by leaving us a review on iTunes because every new review helps new listeners to find us and helps us to spread the Christmas cheer 365 days per year and 366 days per leap year. Coming up on our main show this upcoming Monday, June 
14th, you'll get to hear our episode in which Tom, Julia, and I are joined by a very special guest, Todd Killian of Christmas Clatter Podcast, to discuss his choice of movie, Christmas in Wonderland. And I want to stress to y'all, it was his choice of movie. So before you watch it and start sending us hate mail, remember that Todd Killian picked it. And next Thursday, June 17th, join us for the next installment of Another Christmas Story, Chapter 20, Silver Bells, which will be read to y'all by Stephen Beach, a.k.a. Disco54. So, once again, thank you all for your love and support. We couldn't ask for better listeners in the world than all of you. You're truly the best. We're so lucky we get to call so many of you friends and so many of you family. So do your homework. Watch Christmas in Wonderland with the caveat that Todd Killian is going to make you suffer through this since he picked the movie. And remember that we have lots of fun, exciting stuff coming up. But the most exciting news we have for you tonight, I'm going to let Tim reveal to y'all. So take it away, Tim. It's June 10th, 2021, and that means there's 198 days left until Christmas. Can you believe that? We are officially under 200 days until Christmas, so it's all going to be a fast downhill journey from here. So get excited, get pumped. Leon Day and Christmas in July are around the corner. After that, all the fall drinks start coming back to Starbucks and Dunkin', so lots of things to look forward to. But in the meantime, Tis a Podcast, Can't Wait for Christmas Podcasts, and all the other podcasts on the Christmas Podcast Network will be here to help you get through these long, hot summer months. So, until Monday, y'all, have a great weekend. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bells swing and jingle bells ring. Snowing and blowing up bushels of fun. Now the jingle hop has begun. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bell time and jingle bell time. Dancing and prancing in Jingle Bell Square. In the frosty air, what a bright time. It's the right time to rock the night away. Go gliding in the one-horse sleigh Giddy up, jingle horse, pick up your feet Jingle up around the clock Mix and mingle in the jingling feet That's the jingle bell rock Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock Jingle bell chime and jingle bell time Jingle horse, pick up your feet Jingle around